All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. everybody thank you for joining us here we got an exciting episode coming up with mary and hosa but first i want to make sure your bellies are full i want to make sure you got a lot of food ready for this epic interview and to do that you got to go to doordash use our promo code gloves dd if you're in canada gloves dd us if you're in the us of a you get 25 percent off you get free delivery it's a fantastic thing get yourself ready for a mary and hosa interview hall of famer book coming out just an all-around nice guy Start it off with some DoorDash. So use our promo code. Get yourself some food, some drinks, whatever you want. Get to get you your stuff fast and at a good price. So check it out. Now on to Marion Hosa. Oh, welcome everybody to Drop in the Gloves. Thanks for joining us. Very exciting show. I say that a lot because it is exciting every time I get to come on the show, talk to everybody. But today's extra exciting. Another Hall of Famer joining us. Marion Hosa, on a worldwide book tour, decided to join us on the podcast. Marion, thanks for joining us. How are you? John Scott, nice to see you. You know, it's been a long time, but it's always nice to see your face. Is it? Yeah, Is it really? On, on my phone, on my phone, I have to tell you this right away. On my phone, when I go to the first pictures, there is you sitting on a bus, you know, in the funny head, and I always have a like nice laugh, not because I'm laughing at you, but because I have always good time with you. So there's like between the first picture is John Scott in my phone, you know. It's not a funny hat. It was a fashionable hat that you guys made <laughs> fun know. of. It was a nice hat. <laughs> yeah. Why? Okay, so let's start there. When I when we played together, you guys ripped me all the time. You made fun of me constantly. Mm-hmm. You and Thomas Kapetsky all the time about my hat and about my breath. Why mm-hmm. did I think Thomas... the first one, not the not the breath. Thomas would always give me fresh breath fresheners and toothbrushes and leave them in my stall because he always said I have stinky breath. Why were you guys so mean to me all the time, Marion? You see, you see, uh, there was Thomas. You said it, you know, that wasn't me. I was making fun of your head because I think you remind me one funny actor, you know, from Big Home. So every time you put it on remind me that movie and I was keep laughing, you know, so because that was uh, not because of you, but because the whole situation. (laughs) All right. Another, another issue 
I have with you. You did an interview with Sportsnet. Yes. And they asked you a question about passers, about, you know, NHL. The worst passer. Who was the worst passer? Yeah, I wasn't going to say the worst. (laughs) What was your answer? I was uh, you. And I explained it. Why? Because I said in a few days later, I'm going to have an interview with John Scott in his own podcast. So so he's going to rip me and he's going to love it. But remember, there was one drill. I was using your stick. You had like two sticks, right? One you were playing on a practice and one mm-hmm. we were passing the heavy, you know, like with the cue, we had like passing the heavy wheel yep. around. Mm-hmm. And I had a nice white tape, long tape around my blade. And I didn't want to, you know, screw the tape. <laughs> so, and there was like long stick. And for this drill, I said, I'm going to use John Scott. He wasn't looking. So I grabbed your stick because it was perfect stick for the heavy, you know, wheel. So I used that one, remember? And you screwed my tape up. Yeah, but you didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, we got those out of the way. One thing is, all right, another thing. We talk about handling the puck. I thought I was really good at handling the puck. No, no, sorry. I shouldn't say handling, protecting the puck. And I was actually just having a conversation with somebody about this the other day where we used to do those drills where you get in the, in the circle. And you throw one puck in and you'd have to protect it from the other player. I could beat anybody in the NHL. I, I went up against anybody I played against or with, except for you, which was frustrating. You would always be able to keep the puck away from me and get the puck from me. And I could dominate anybody because I'm so big. I just hold it out there. Why were you so good at this? And I know this is random, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm going off the agenda. Why were you so good? Because I would beat Jumbo. When we do it, Joe Thornton, I could beat Taves and Kaner. I could beat Marion Gabrick, one of your good friends who I played with in Minnesota. What makes you so much different than everybody else for protecting the puck? It's an easy answer. Oh. <laughs> You're so humble, Marion. <laughs> it is easy answer because uh, I learned it from the best. I learned it from Pablo Datsuk when I was in uh-huh. Detroit. He schooled me like a little boy on the beginning of the year. Then I got better. Then I started stealing pucks from him. And this game, I learned from him, so he me, and he got me uh, to the point where I was confident, you know, handling the uh, puck away from me, but stealing the other pucks or knocking them down. And uh, maybe that's why that's that was my answer. You know, that was easy because uh, you know Paolo Datsuk uh, taught me this game, and he was the best. I think he was master of protecting, stealing the pucks, and I learned it from the best. Well, yeah, we know. Yeah, I, I get he's the best, but you can't just. What did he teach you that no one else knew? Because you you were hands down. And I'll say this again. I, I've said this to Tim along the way. In my eyes, you were the best player I've played with. And I've said that wow. on this podcast many, many times. I, I said you're the most underrated player. All those Chicago You never told teams. me that. Well, because you, you treat me like garbage. So why would I give you a compliment <laughs> when I, he that's tell me true. I'm ugly? You know, you know that's not true. But, uh, and, wow, what a compliment, uh, you know, that uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And you play with lots of great players. I so have. That means, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, like this game, and I, I, I love playing. I, I, I love played. I, you know, my English is terrible because I haven't been in North America five years. But uh, I was uh, in love to play that game after practice. Yeah. And I remember with your long reach, big body, that was really tough to get to you. And uh, I remember, like, you put a... You know, like you're uh, after you win, you were like celebrating. Nobody could yeah. beat you, 
And yeah. uh, it was fun to see because, uh, you know, that was make, making fun uh, after the practices with the guys, and we enjoyed the time. Yeah, it was. Well, let's get to the reason you're here. You're on your big book tour. I don't want to not talk about that. So let's get into it. It's called Hosa, My Journey from Trenchin to the Hall of Fame. Let's talk about that. Why? What inspired you? You've been out of the game for five years, like you just said. Have you been working on this for five years? Has it been a little pet project or did someone approach you to write it? What What's the, why the book now? Yeah. So uh, yeah, nobody told me to write a book. It kind of, uh, there were some suggestions right after, like even during my career, you know, like after the, you know, two losses and one win, you know, right away there was somebody, you know, start writing the book, you know, that's perfect story. I was mm-hmm. like, uh, no, I want to take my time. You know, there is no time right now for it. I want to keep playing when I have, my time is uh, up, you know, from the career, I can start thinking about it. And what make me to write a book? I think uh, the main reason is like, I think I had like a really good story to tell. Plus, uh, I want to leave something behind me. You know, uh, my girls didn't uh, remember much from me playing. Times. Uh, and I want to leave some when older they can read it and they can have uh, say something like you know this is our father you know and uh, so I'll leave some legacy behind me and especially the little one right now born you know she won't remember anything about Marion Hossa as a hockey player you know my little ones maybe a little bit so after she got older when she started reading and she's gonna be older to read that book you know then she can say wow you know this is my dad and I want to just leave something behind some legacy for my kids uh, to be proud of uh, the dad. Yeah, I want to ask about your process because I love writing too. Like, how easy was it for you? Was it challenging? And then, were there certain parts or sections of your career where it was sort of difficult to relive and maybe hard to write about? Yeah, definitely. I think the book uh, took about uh, two years uh, to write. First, when I asked, uh, you know, my agent, like I, I told him, you know, this is uh, something I want to do. I think I'm ready. I want to, you know, uh, because I'm a pretty private person. I don't have open Instagrams or Facebooks. So I said, maybe the fans, you know, deserve to know a little bit about uh, about me more than just in the hockey world, but, you know, in the private world. So when uh, I want to kind of put it out in English uh, also, also in Slovak, but uh, my goal was uh, put it there, like where I had the most success in Chicago. And we find out the company, uh, the publisher, and, uh, you know, we started searching for the rider and that's how we got into it. And after the rider, uh, Scott was coming to Trenchin, to my hometown. We spent some time here. I flew once uh, to Chicago, spent time there. Uh, and also, like, we've been Zoom calls so many times. So we work uh, hard on it. I couldn't believe it when the triumph, uh, the publisher told me, eh, it takes around a year and a half, two years to write a book. I was like, that long like uh, come on we have to do it faster mm-hmm. and they were right you know it takes some time so you want to you know you remember some things differently uh, something came up and uh, you want to write it about so yeah it took the two years I, I so i've been reading it this week i'm not done yet but it's been a lot of fun especially the chapter on datsuk like you mentioned uh i'm not done yet like i said what what chapter is john scott in where can i find that where's the where's the <laughs> chapter about your favorite teammates well, uh, you know, John uh, Scott, uh, I don't think <laughs> is in a book because, uh, you know, we weren't lucky enough to win the Stanley Cup together. 
Yeah. No, we weren't. We came close. It's a good book, Marion. I wrote a book too a long time ago, and I'm glad you had a good experience with it. It's, it's, uh, it's a good book. I like it. You did write a book? I did right after. See, I, I didn't want to write one. I was completely opposite. I Someone approached me and they said, hey, here's a bunch of money. Do you want to write a book? And I said, sure, I'll do it. And I had a ghostwriter and he would send me little chapters and I would be like, I hate this. I don't like any of it. This doesn't sound like me. And so I ended up writing all of it myself, but it was just a chore and a pill yeah, I don't like my book. So if you got it, good. If you don't have it, don't buy it. So, yeah. But yours is good. <laughs> yeah. You are so honest. Uh, but I like to, you know, uh, because not many of my teammates have, uh, you know, written a book, you know. So uh, it's nice to have actually a collection of your teammates uh, who write a book, you know, to have. Yeah, I'll, I'll get your address after this. I'll send you a book because it's not bad. You know what the hard part is with mine is... I wrote it before, like I wrote it right after hockey and my life has changed so much after hockey. Like when I retired, I had two kids. Now I have seven and I'm a completely different person, you know? And I talk about in the book things that I would, I should, I'm just embarrassed of. And I almost want to write another book to say, Hey, I'm different now. Yeah, this, This is me now, right? Yeah. The change. And so I, it's, I guess it's all right, but I talk about like my time in college and, you know, pre my okay. wife and everything. So me and my wife yeah. is like, well, uh, no. You like to so, open? Yeah, a little. T- and that's, you know, me, I don't hold anything back. I just no, let her no, rip. And yeah. so I don't know. But yeah, let's, let's talk about different things. The book is fantastic. You're going to go on this big tour. You just had your third kid. You were treated me like garbage in Chicago. You and Thomas Kopetsky. That's which, not right. I didn't. No? Why every time we go to dinner you would make me pay? And I was I I was just <laughs> poor on a two year contract making nothing. And we would go to dinner and Haas Tim would say, I forgot my wallet in the room, John. Do you want to pay? Uh, that's not true. Never, Come on. Never happened. Never happened. I, I said will say this, this. I forget my wallet. I always had was, my wallet with me. Here's an honest question though, because I was on the other side of it. Did you feel pressure when we would go out to dinner? Because we went out to dinner quite a bit. There was a group of us. When the bill would come, would you feel pressure to pay for uh, guys like me who who were only making 800, 900 grand? No, you were rich compared to other people. Okay, right. But in, in the table, I'm making. But honestly, though, was there pressure? Because I felt bad when someone would pick the check up. Did it go through your mind when, when Taser would be there, oh, yeah. and be there and Kaner and be like, hey, are we going to buy this or let's split it five ways? Or how does I just want to know? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes it's across uh, your mind when there was like guys uh, who were making, uh, you know, the minimum, I would say. Then um, there was like nice restaurants. So uh, sometimes, you know, you pick uh, pick the table and uh, you pay for it. But uh, like, you know, obviously you don't do it all the time. And especially when there's like the guys like, you know, like that, like not every time, but you know, here and there, yes. Or a guy would get called up and you, you'd want to buy him dinner or something. Yeah. The worst thing when guy, guy got called up and they play great card game, right? You just feel bad. I hope this guy doesn't lose. Right. And he's like, first I, I want to play. <laughs> I just, it's just in Tim, you don't understand it. It's just a different, it's well, cause when I got sent down to the AHL, my last year, I was still making NHL money and I felt, I felt like I had to buy dinner every time we went out because those guys were making 70 grand, 60 grand. 
And I would make that in a week. I'm like, I have to pay for dinner. So yeah, I just wondering. Uh, I understand what you mean. Do you? Yeah, do I do. Okay. Okay. You should have bought me more dinners then. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, you're no? funny. All right, moving on. Okay, we're going to take a quick break to talk about the games tonight. We have BetUS, the official sports betting partnership of dropping the gloves, and there are a whole ton of games tonight. John, talk about a couple that you like. I'm starting with that first game. you got Arizona playing in Buffalo. I think that is an easy win for Buffalo. I would take the over. I would take Buffalo to win at home against a struggling Arizona team. I think they're, they're going to get back in the win column. So I think that's an easy bet. I'm going to put probably a good chunk of change after feeling good about hitting my over on the Caps-Oilers the other night. So that's my pick for the night. John, what do you think? There's so many games. I think there's 11 games. There's a lot of tough tough decisions there's lots of good competitive games i pick three that i think are winnable i'm going with with the goal with the spread i like that i won big last time with the spread i'm gonna go with the spread tonight i'm taking the knights to win over the toronto maple leafs they get a goal and a half i'm taking the canadians over the red wings they get a goal and a half and i'm taking the oilers over the tampa bay lightning they get a goal and a half and you know i love my parlay tim i'm gonna parlay all three to just wrap up my gift with a bow on that bet. So I got four bets. I'm taking the Knights, the Canadians, the Oilers, and I'm going to parlay them all three, and I'm going to hit it, and I'm going to win, and I'm going to go to Marion Hosa's jersey raising in Chicago in a week and a half if I win because I'm going to be rolling in do-re-mi. Back to the interview. Check Bet USO. It's so much fun. Moving on. You just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Were you surprised it happened so fast? Were you caught off guard? Did you expect it to be first ballot, Marion Hosa Hall of Famer? Well, uh, my agent told me, like, uh, you know, I could be one of those uh, so many players, you know, to be selected right away in the first possible year. And uh, I wasn't, like, I wasn't paying too much attention before because I was, I was playing, you know, there was, like, certain... Uh, people saying I could be Hall of Famers. There are certain people who are saying, ah, he's on borderline, maybe, you know. And I didn't pay too much attention to that because, you know, I learned in my life, you know, certain things you cannot uh, control. Just leave it, you know, up to other people to control it. You know, you cannot control your destiny. So that's what I did. And uh, obviously, because the because the skin problems, you know, I have to retire from the hockey. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure because my contract was still running. I thought, you know, after the contract, uh, it's going to take four years when they start selecting. Yeah. But I was wrong. You know, after the last game, you know, you could be. So uh, obviously I, I stopped playing a long, longer time ago. And the first chance I had, you know, Lenny McDonald called me from Toronto and told me this is excellent news. And I was blown away. And, uh, you know, there was unbelievable phone call you never forget. Is that the highlight? Of your career, because the pitchers behind you, three times Stanley Cup winner, you've had you won a World Championships, didn't you? No, no, I didn't. Never won a World Championships. Is is that no. the highlight to win the Hall of Fame? Get get that jacket, I, I, get that call. Yeah, definitely. That's something. Uh, I think the highlight is the Stanley Cup. You know, uh, I think that's a highlight. Uh, getting to the Hall of Fame, it's something you don't dream about. It just happened after you know. Uh, they uh, think your career is Hall of Fame career, and they pick yeah. you. So I played hockey to to win uh, to win the Stanley Cup, and uh, that was my goal always. And when uh, Hall of Fame happened, you know, obviously 
that I, I was blown away because I was between those certain special people in that same category. And I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I got selected right away. So that's amazing. But I wasn't playing hockey because to be in the Hall of Fame, but to win the Stanley Cup. So why Lidstrom to induct you? I know you played with him for one year. Uh, yeah, that was a strange pick. Uh, some way, maybe, if you think about it, because because I wasn't sure how how, how it is with the rules, you know. I mm. Usually, uh, the plaque give you uh, the person uh, already in a Hall of Fame, right? Okay. Can, you can call, uh, you know, somebody not being a Hall of Fame to give you the plug, right? So, and I didn't play at a time with uh, many Hall of Famers yet, you know. So, uh, obviously, Nick, you know, I called him in Sweden and I told him and he was actually planning uh, to be in the States. So, he said, like, yeah, he, he would be honored. So, that made my day because, you know, I know Nick uh, from the one year in Detroit, still keep in touch with him. And, uh, you know, also, Chelly was one of the other guys, you know, I was mm-hmm. thinking, but I think year before or somebody told me he maybe not be there at the time. So that's why I picked also Nick. And, uh, you know, I uh, when I was playing in Detroit, we hang out with Nick. Uh, we went for dinners. So we had a great relationship. And he was type of mentor for me, you know, how to how to handle myself after, like, tough losses. You know, I was watching him carefully, you know, how he handled the media. And he's, like, world-class player on and off the ice. I got one more. I know Tim wants to jump in here, but you mentioned that you learned from him. I watched your Chicklets interview, which was great, which I'm pissed off by the way that you got them. They got you first, but that's a whole other issue. You seem to be very aware and almost a student, not almost, you are a student of the game, aware maybe where you lacked because you were, you're a tremendous hockey player and you could have stayed in one spot your whole career. Maybe, you know, you bounced around a little bit and you made a decision to go to Detroit for one year. You left them a lot of money, a lot of years on the table to go to a team where you knew you could learn more. That's rare these days. Usually guys chase the money. They want security. They want the dollar bills in their bank. They want that. Was that, that has to be hard because for me, security is number one. And I did, did, did you ever, run that by your wife at the time, or you, maybe you weren't married at the time, but what, did you get anybody pushing you back saying, what are you doing, Marion? Because you're leaving all the, this term, all this money on the table to go for a gamble in Detroit, just because you want to learn from these guys. Yeah. So, uh, no, my wife just leave it up to me. Uh, obviously she was uh, at the time, uh, back and forth flying because the university she was studying and uh, mm-hmm. doing final exams. So, uh, you know, we may talk a little, but, you know, she said, like, it's your, you know, your world, you know, you know what you're doing. So uh, we didn't have a kids back then. So I said, I knew basically I was good hockey player and I, I know I can be even better, you know, and to maybe reach my maximum. Uh, I believe, you know, that happened. Uh, but to do that, I cannot go somewhere like Edmonton, you know, at the time offer me like big money. And yes, I could have a security, but I probably at the time would be not very happy because uh, the team was at the rebuild at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I obviously I could stay with the Pittsburgh. They offered me five years play with the seat and tell you the truth. Right now, when I look back, I was like, 
what the hell I was thinking, you know, yeah. playing with Sith, great young team. My one of the favorite players, Mario Lemieux, is the owner. Everything would be perfect. And I just had a vision, you know, to learn from those guys who already make the peak, why they're so good. And obviously, you know, there was a great chance to win in that year. But that wasn't only the my goal. Obviously, the goal was to win, but to learn from them. What's the what's the recipe? How come they're so good? How come they're so good for a long time? Obviously, they have Mike Babcock, you know, like, uh, obviously, I'm writing about Mike, you know, like he, he could be, he could be tough, you know, certain ways, but he was one of the best coaches, if not the best to prepare the team. And, uh, and he was there too. And, you know, like the whole package, I was like, I, I need to be the team at least one year to learn what's the special about them. So why didn't Babcock work in Toronto? Do you think? Well, I, I'm I'm uh, also writing in a book, you know, like Mike was great to prepare the team, but I believe, you know, if the in the long term he can trade the team also, you know, because of his style. I think he's excellent. The way you know he won the Olympics, he won the Stanley Cup. Obviously, he had so much success in National Hockey League. So don't get me wrong, like you know, he he did something right, right? But uh, I think. He's great for a short period of time as a coach. I think when he co- when he coach you, it can go to the guys and drain them. And after, like, I don't think the team is gonna, you know, go uphill. I think they're yeah. gonna go downhill. So that's that. That was my feeling, you know, about Mike. But you know, don't get me wrong. Like, he's a he was excellent coach. Was he? And I'm sorry, Tim. You want? I I, I have a one more. You had him, Babcock. And then you had Q, two Hall of Fame coaches back to back. They are completely different styles, I would imagine. Which yeah. one do you think got the best out of you? Hmm, that's a very good question. Well, definitely uh, on the beginning, uh, Bob's. You know, he yeah. knew how to push the buttons. But like I said, you know, after a year, I was like, okay, I, you know. I don't know if I could play any longer there, you know. I think, uh, you know, uh, he was great. But after a while, I was like, whew, you know, I'm, I'm happy I'm in Chicago. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then at you, you know, he's more players coach, you know. Yeah. You can play for that coach for a long period of time and you feel great, you know. And... Uh, but Babs knew how to push the buttons. You know, he put, he he took everything from you basically. And uh, Q, I think, was a great coach for long terms. And I think he was my favorite coach. Q. All right. Well, I, yeah, I got a couple. First, um, you know, I'm sure you heard this a lot, but but I love watching you play. And, and there's not a lot of like guys that have that level of skill who are still hustling as hard as you did on the back check and doing the little things and getting in lanes. And and it seems like when when I'm reading the book and you're talking about adding those bits to your game, it's like, yeah, of course you would. Like, that's what it takes to win. Why wouldn't you add those things? But I know that's not an easy thing for superstar players to do to say, I'm going to be the first one back. I'm going to go in the corner. I'm going to get in front of a shot. It's a hard thing for those with guys of that caliber, especially it seems like in today's game. Why do you think it's such a hard adjustment for skill guys to to round out their game the way that you did? Uh, I learned from Detroit. That's what you need to do to win. You know, even like if you're talented as you are, even like if you're a superstar, because the other people watch you on your team. And if you don't do it as a star player, you know, they're not going to follow you. 
So they'll do exactly what you do. And uh, then that, you know, things go downhill. So I believe, uh, you know, as a star or superstar player, you have to be example for them. And, uh, and uh, that's what I learned in Detroit. You know, the best player were best players. And uh, that's why they had success. Is that what you brought to Chicago? Because we had, we've talked to Dave Boland, we talked to Taser, Kaner, all these guys, and they talk about how good of a team they had. And then when they got you, they're like, oh, we were not nearly doing what we should have done. Is that the main thing that you brought to Chicago, aside from all the goals, the assists, just your work ethic and what it takes to win night in and night out? Well, I, I wasn't talking about uh, to the guys much when I was playing, you know, I think they yeah. saw what I was doing and I wasn't a big, big talker like, uh, you know, myself uh, in the dressing yeah. room, I didn't say uh, too many words. Uh, you know, I, I like to joking around, as you know, uh, and you were like one of the funniest guys I play with. So we had like lots of fun and, you know, you made me laugh quite a bit, but I wasn't talking much in the dressing room and uh, I was kind of tried to lead by example on the ice and, and, you know, if I had like good, uh, feedback, like, you know, guys were, you know, uh, learning something out of me, you know, that make me happy. Yeah. And you could tell it was a difference because even when I was there and here's a, here's a question, maybe you won't want to answer it in Chicago specifically, was it frustrating to see? And this is why I say you're the most underrated player because you didn't get the accolades on that team. There was so many stars. Was it ever frustrating to like, front page of the paper oh johnny or okay uh sports center oh it's caner oh okay let's look at tsn oh it's dunks oh it's Corey crawford oh it's neem anti niemi was it frustrating like hey fellas i'm the one stirring the drink here why can i not get any ink or you i, I know you're a private guy but did it ever cross your mind like what about what about old marion over here uh you know what like i was never looking things this way i uh, I will start player maybe when I was in Atlanta. You know, me and Kobe have uh, you know highlights. Uh, even like Atlanta was a big hockey market, but uh, we were in like magazine media and stuff. Uh, you know, there was me, Kobe, mostly times. Uh, but you know, I had hundred points there in Atlanta. But I wanted to win. You know, and when I come to Chicago, I saw what you just saying. You know, so many great players. I said like, you know, I don't have to worry about the offense right now as much as I was, you know, the key guy in Atlanta, mm -hmm. I can, you know, just work as possible as hard as I can, you know, like those Detroit guys like Draper, Kirk Malby, you know, showed me in Detroit and I can bring, you know, obviously I love to score goals still, but I don't have to worry about the offensive potential about this team. So I try to, you know, take, uh, you know, example of me playing good defensively and even Q came up to me I said like I love the way you play you know and this is like the key for us so the young players can watch you because if you hustle you know they'll hustle and I was like wow you know I never think about it totally this way so when he told me that and uh, I tried to do it game in game out you know not because he told me but I love to do it anyway but you know that even like helped me even more to play the right way to be Did example you for these guys in Chicago, did you ever have a say with Q on who you played with? No, I was never that type of guy. He told me, like, the office was always open. Uh, one time, uh, you know, I think I went to his office uh, when I just felt like uh, he didn't play me enough. You know, I just felt like uh, I could play more. And uh, we had, like, fair talk, and uh, and uh, that was it. But I never picked, like, this is the guy I want to play with. Who was the best? Gosh, you listed off all your teams, all your line mates. You've played with like 
who's who of hockey players. I'm sure you've been asked who's the best, but like who's the best pure passer you played with? Well, I well, yeah, overall, there's a lot. Who overall, like you know, I mean, uh, like uh, in any team, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough question to just pick one because uh, I had a really fun time when I played with Datsuk. You know, he could make the place to the half-empty net. So I had, like, lots of tap-ins. Uh, obviously, with Sidney Crosby, I played on a short period of time, but playing with him, the points get easier, I tell you that, right? Yeah. Because, like, and uh, when I was in, uh, you know, playing with uh, Taser or Kaner, you know, those two guys, like, so all superstars, you know, I think these four guys would be the easiest pick to say, and on the other side of the coin, you're a defensive, like you you say, you you love the challenge of playing defense. You hustle. Who was the hardest guy to shut down? Whew. Hardest guy to shut down. Oh, hmm. I think I think that was difficult when we play against Datsuk. You know. Uh, like he's is he is he know, in the room with you? Is he making you say all these answers? Is Pavel in the room with you there, Marion? No, but I think lots of defensemen told you this. Uh, you know, he's not the he's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy. He's uh, doesn't have the hardest shot. But there is something about like his hockey IQ, stealing the pucks and like protecting the puck. But he can like surprise you with a big hit too. Yeah. So. So I think like all these things together, you know, just creating him as uh, one of the toughest guys uh, to to take the puck away from him and to play against him in the, you know, any zones. Because I was writing in a book, like when he's on the ice against you and you got a puck and you don't see him, you know, that's not good. <laughs> I was saying he's similar to the Sedins, but just better. Like he he does everything better, and I I hated playing against oh, yeah. the Sedins, but he's just he's just better. I don't know what well, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, great great players, Sedins. Uh, you know, they go into Hall of Fame. They, uh, but that's not fair because they play with the earpieces in their helmets, right? <laughs> <laughs> they did. All right, Tim, you got one. Oh, yeah, one more question for me. Um, I'm not sure how closely you still follow the NHL, but are, are there any kids in the league right now that remind you of a young Marion Hosa? Mm. Mm. That's oh. a good question. Tell you the truth, like because I'm here in Europe, I don't watch uh, too many too many NHL games anymore. But I, in the morning when I have a breakfast with the kids, I put my phone and I watch uh, highlights. I obviously love to check the scores. And I got favorite players like uh, uh, McDavid, you know, when he scores some, usually when he scores, it's uh, highlight reels, right? Yeah. Or um, or McKinnon from Colorado, you know, that's a guy I like to watch. So there is a couple of guys I pick when they score. I, I definitely like want to see the, their goals. So, but young Marin Hossa, uh, I, I don't know. Like, tell you the truth, I, I don't. They don't make them like Haas, Tim. They really don't. I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody... I don't know. I don't think there's many. All right. I had a question because we talk about your forwards you've played with, but then I just was going down your career. I'm like, gosh, you played with some pretty good defensemen. You got Lidstrom, you got Chari, you got Bufflin, you got Latang, you got Keith, you got Siebes. There's probably way, many, many more. Which one of those guys is the best defenseman you've played with? Because that's an insane group just right there in itself. Yeah. You, you, uh, you tell me to pick only one, right? 
It, it's a tough, and if you don't want to, it's a tough question because they're all yeah, so yeah, great. Uh, it, it, it is tough because uh, I know the toughest time to play as a, against the defenseman was Big Z in his prime, right? Because the reach, you know, he doesn't care if I'm Slovakian, if I'm his neighbor from uh, this street they're living <laughs> on. You know, I have a dinner with him uh, at the night. You can pay for his dinner. And he's like nice, super nice human, you know, like friendly teddy bear. But comes down the ice and you know he's not going to give you inch, you know. And he cross-checks mm-hmm. you, he plays you hard, and he doesn't care if you marry Hossa, his neighbor. So... So definitely Big Z was uh, really tough to play in his prime. And uh, Nicholas Lindstrom, you mentioned him, you know, such a smart, uh, you know, defenseman. And obviously with the dunks, but I play with him during his prime, right? So that's not fair to point because, you know, what I saw, what Duncan Kidd can do was fun to watch. Which one? And I'm friends with Dustin Bufflin. How good was Buff in Atlanta? And could you see how dangerous he could be. Cause that guy was an absolute animal. He was fast. He was physical. He had a laser for a shot. Could you see what he could be? I was saying to everybody, if Dustin Bufflin uh, works a little bit harder, he could be the best player in national hockey league. Yeah. That I, guy, totally- I love that guy. You know, like I have a fun with him every time I saw him, you know, when I was playing with him, even against him, we were joking on the ice. I love his attitude. This guy was force. I tell you, like, I never played with a more powerful guy than Dustin Bufflin. I love to watch him. And too bad, like, you know, if he really wants to put another level, he would be dominating the league for years. And you, I'm sorry, I have so many questions for you, Haas. It's so interesting. You talk about that with Yashin, too, how he just was on a different level. And I, I've seen that throughout the, the years with players who just have unlimited potential. Does it drive you a little nuts? Because you're, you're a hard worker. You're, you're in the gym, you're working on your craft. You still, you look like you're in shape to this day. Is it tough when you see somebody who just doesn't go all in and you're like, you guys, like you have it. It, does it frustrate you to see that even today? Well, I kind of, feel a little bit bad for them because, you know, they could be so good. Uh, you know, I wish I got that power like, uh, you know, big buff have, you know, like I, I thought I was pretty, you know, powerful, but compared to him, like, yeah, you know, I was like half of it, you know, like this guy was forced, you know, we won uh, in uh, Vancouver because of him, because he took the series to another level. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like this, this is animal. And I never see anything like that. If he wants to dominate, he dominates. So just fun guy to watch. And I just felt, you know, sometimes bad, like, you know, like Alexi Ash was such a talented player. And they don't, you know, they, they cannot find another level, you know, to be even greater. And that's, mm-hmm. I just feel like uh, that's sometimes sad to see, right? Did your brother have that work ethic that you had? That same, like, just dog on a bone, you never give up attitude? Mm, tough to say. Uh, my brother was a little bit different, He's similar size. You know, he's maybe even bigger. But, uh, you know, he got a great career. He played National Hockey League. He played uh, in, uh, in KHL. He won the one-year scoring title in KHL. But I think maybe in his game, it was missing a little more consistency. Hmm. All right, Tim. What are we doing? Yeah, we'll do some rapid-fire questions as we wrap up here. So I'm going to ask you a five or six just quick questions and try to get the, the quick answer. Um, what was your favorite subject in school? Oh, uh, how do we say it in uh, English? 
Oh, yeah. when we when we were running, you know, like no, definitely gym. not maths. Yeah, gym. Yeah, gym class. Yeah, yeah. when uh, we were running, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity <laughs> crush. Angelina Jolie. Nice. Yes. Who was your favorite line mate ever? Uh, you know, I have to say uh, Crosby, Datsuk, and uh, Thais Kane in these four. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> um, Matthews or McDavid? Uh, I have I love Matthews, but I have to go with McDavid. Yeah. Who was the hardest defenseman to play against? I think in his prime, uh, Big Z. Yeah. And then what was the best advice you ever got? Again, how I put it in English. Uh, 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 it's gonna take a little time. I, I like I, I had a couple, but uh, definitely like if you do something, just give it hundred percent. You know, otherwise, it doesn't make uh, sense to do it. That's Here's a, a I have a question too because you you've had just such a blessed career. I was looking at your draft class before you came on, and it's just an incredible draft class. I play with Jumbo and Patty Marlowe, still good friends of mine, both of them. Do you ever look back and go, gosh, I, I I don't know how I landed in all these scenarios where I got to play with these incredible players, win three Stanley Cups, have this incredible career, and then you look at Jumbo and Patty, and they got no Cups, and they played forever and searched for that. I don't know. Does it, does it, do you ever just wake up and go, holy cow, how am I How am I here? I have, a, I have the, the Haas Sports Complex. I have a nine-hole golf course. How is this my life? Do you ever just do that? Uh, you know, I, I know I'm blessed. I kind of pray every every night before I go to bed and, uh, you know, thank for everything, uh, you know, that happened to me and uh, for help my kids. But, uh, you know, uh, I just feel like in your life, if you go after something, uh, you know, uh, there is like a good possibility to achieve things. Not every time it's going to happen, you know, but eventually, you know, you got closer to that, those things and uh, good things will happen. Or somebody else to see you work hard, you know, and there's other opportunities to come with from that. So I believe, you know, if you work hard, uh, if you if you're not one of those guys, like, you know, everything happening to me and, you know, you feel sorry for yourself. Obviously, you know, that's easy, right? But, you know, I'm sure if people work hard, it different doesn't have to be in hockey, but be in different areas. You know, somebody else will see it, you know, and you can get another bump from that point and you can get bigger and bigger and yeah. you can rise. So so everything happened for a reason and uh, I am blessed, you know, and I thank God for everything. And, uh, you know, I'm, I know I'm a lucky guy. Do you think I could have done anything differently to to be a better hockey player? Well, you got one all-star game, right? I yeah. Did, what did you go to five? Hmm? Did you get five all-star games? Uh, I did. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Interesting. But did you ever win the MVP? I, I, no, never. Oh. Gabby won it that year because I passed him all the, for all the goals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember yours. I remember yours. Who doesn't, right? That was legendary. I oh, that. that's so funny. Well, yeah. it, that's all, Mary. Unless you got anything else to say, I don't want to keep you any longer. Anything else you want to add? Any funny stories mm-hmm. about playing with me? No. <laughs> well, uh, there was like lots. Of, I, I always said, like you, 
you are joking. Like I uh, abuse you. That's not true, right? <laughs> no, no. You were a good, you were one of my good friends on Chicago. I I liked you. I liked Kopi and I liked Brian Bickle. That, those are the guys yeah. who I liked hanging around. Okay, so. now I feel better. I was like a little afraid. Like, like, does he feel no. really this way, or he was joking? No, I loved you. You, I was just busting your chops. No, you were one of the good ones. It was yeah. fun. We, I think we went out to dinner quite a bit. It was, it was a good. You were a good teammate. You were. Yeah, yeah. So I remember you, Kopi. Like, we had like we had a good laugh because every time we saw you, you, you reminded us the actor, you know, and we had like good laugh. Not because we were laughing at you, but because the whole picture was funny. Well, this is what would happen to him. I would walk by them and they would start giggling. I'm like, what are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought they were laughing at me, but apparently they were laughing yeah. with me. I just wasn't let, laughing. Let me check if I got, uh, if I'm not bullshitting, you know, the picture. I have to go right in front, uh, all the pictures. And there must be John Scott right away. First, hold on, where is the camera? Let's First see. picture on my phone. First picture, uh, there is John Scott. <laughs> <laughs> That is right. awesome. It's, I thought that was not first one, but it's actually first one. Right in the first picture, that was year 2011. I think iPhone started putting pictures in 2011, and you are first in my phone. They put Funny that enough. picture there, the one that you're supposed to see. It's the most important picture. You think it'd be your kids and, or your wife. And here <laughs> in the bus. Beautiful. <laughs> I look so good. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. So this, huh? is, this is from the movie, Czech movie. And, uh, that's why we were laughing because the head and your face from the side, that was exactly the actor. That's funny. Well, good yeah. I'll, for everybody listening. Marion is a great, great teammate, great guy. And he's fantastic. We're coming on the show, Marion, everybody go out and get his book. It's Hosa. My life from my journey from trench into the hall of fame. Great book. Great guy. Thanks for joining us, Marion. Fantastic. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.